angels have come They have brought them unto you, says the Lord Rejoice My miracles are here They're among you, my miracles are among you Among you, says the Lord
how many know the Lord can get a whole lot more done than 10 million preachers? The Lord can get more done in just his presence than our words could do in a million years. And what we experienced is the Lord took us on a journey. That's why it says to be led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. You have breaks. It comes in waves. And, you know, when that first wave is over, they wait to see what you press in to bring the next wave. And as you bring each wave, and you bring each wave, and you bring each wave, they then see you serious. And it's a beautiful thing because the scripture says if we draw not a God, he will draw not to us. And, and, and you see that. That's what's so important about prophetic worshipers is that they lead us there. And then, and then they keep us there. And then as a result of us waiting on the Lord, he said, if you wait on me, I'll renew your strength. Sometimes that renewal of strength means he has to change circumstances around that was tiring you out for a long time. A sickness and disease that was being a weight on your body and driving you crazy. It might be somebody in your life that was getting on your nerves, but it just like might simply mean that you are tired. Yesterday, I laid hands on people who came down front just for healing and supernatural strength. This morning, the Lord decided to do it himself. <laughs> you know, he did it yesterday, but he used my hands. But this morning, it's so important to do that. This is so important, just so important, because we, we literally went on a journey in the spirit. You know, what would happen in a service where you have the prayer and you got to worship and praise and you have maybe, you know, the ministry of the word and, and, and you get healed from that and, and then you have the benediction. You know, we were singing the benediction at the end. You know, it's a journey, it's a journey. And it's such a beautiful thing because you minister to the Lord and the Lord will speak to the prophetic worshipers or even a minister and, and, and you heard what he said, you know, as a result of what you heard are, are doing. It's very important to remember that there's something that the Lord cannot, there are some things the Lord can't do for himself. And one of them is worship. And because he can't do that for himself, um, he longs for it so much. So when he finds people who are willing to linger and set aside the program, set aside the ministry of the word, even though that may sound strange what I'm saying, but just set aside everything. And just, you know, bend the knee. It's okay if you can't bend. Sit down like some people did. Some people stood up. Some people got on their knees. Some people laid down. And the Lord is looking at this, and you just keep ministering to him, ministering to him, ministering to him, and then he can't take it. You know, it's like a little grandchild getting into grandpa's lap and just keep telling him how much you love him. And, I love you, grandpa. And eventually, it's money coming out. <laughs> okay. And so that's how that goes. And so, but our Heavenly Father is the exact same way. And let me say something. I'm going to close it here. Because um, if I preached my sermon, I would mess up what the Lord did. You have to be very sensitive when it comes to this stuff. And it, is, it can be confusing. And the only way for you to pick it up is you have to wait. You just have to wait. And so if you see us waiting, just keep worshiping. You know, you have to learn to, as Christians and sons and daughters, we have to learn to discipline ourselves to give God more time than we would give any other thing. There's something wrong if we can watch a movie for two and a half hours and we can't worship God for two and a half hours. Something wrong, we can go to a basketball game that might be three hours and we can't worship God for three hours because the movie and the basketball game ain't gonna do a thing for you. Um, and yet, you know, and so the enemy keeps you from this. And so, you know, we had started a series this weekend on the, on the love of God and it was so extreme yesterday and my wife, I have a feeling that my wife is over there casting out a demon. Oh no, she's standing in the back, okay. She said, oh, she was, is she here now? It's mysterious because over here, it interrupts the service. Wednesday nights, it always happens at the end. And on the weekend, Saturday, we're just doing it on purpose every weekend. That's a good thing. 
Yeah, so when y'all see her disappear, the demon slayer is gone. She's going to fight somebody, and yeah, it's a wonderful thing. You know, and so, you know, I'll probably wait, maybe pick up next week, Sunday, with what we did yesterday. Because it's just some awesome things. My wife, she has such an awesome testimony of just transparency, and it was just so good. So all of you need to be here, or you, I think it'll be on the media page. You just need to be here, period. But let me say this as I close. I am learning, maybe for the first time in my life, how experiencing the love of God that exists in heaven will change your perspective, your attitude, and your feelings about everything. And unfortunately, and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about putting myself in, a we, in, in, in our circles. When I say our circles, I'm talking about the body of Christ. We talk about the love of God every once in a while. Very rarely is it even preached but because most men and women don't press in to experience, <clears throat> to experience it, that's the reason why we have not changed. Because one of the things that my wife and I are finding is that when you truly begin to experience the love of God, the way you were meant to experience it, it really will give you the ability to love your enemies. It, the reason why we have a hard time loving our enemies the reason why we have a hard time even dealing with our spouses and our kids and our parents and the, and the people that, at work and different things like that. You know, the Bible says the goodness of God caused us to change. How could God still be good to us when we hardly don't do nothing that he ever says? I mean, he still, I mean, the Bible says he causes his son to shine on the just and the unjust alike. You know, one of my scriptures, you know, was the scripture says, if you love somebody that loves you back, you haven't done nothing. It says, what reward did you get in that? It, then it says this, sinners do that. See, and so you're not really even operating in the love of God until something comes against you. You know what I'm saying? And so, but, but for most of us, when something comes against us, we don't operate in the love of God. Most people don't treat their loved ones as good as the Bible says to treat your enemies. And the only way that you can treat your enemy on that level, you have to have, begin to have experiences. And when you have these experiences, you know, um, it, what it does is it kills you. I told the congregation yesterday, you know, after seven years, I'm finally dead. You know, then my wife, she jumped up and grabbed about, you know, something, you know, the Lord is killing her. And to the degree that they can kill you is the degree that you become like God. And, but you have to ask God for that. You have to humble yourself. You have to cry. You have to, you have to worship the Lord. As you worship the Lord, it's the reason why it says those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You will make your strength new. A lot of us are tired because we don't wait on the Lord. We wait on men. We don't wait on the Lord. We wait on our jobs. We don't wait on the Lord. We wait on Facebook. Okay. We don't wait on the Lord. We wait on TV. Some of us just wait around and we just waiting for nothing. We just sitting around and, and you have to press into the kingdom of God because remember when I told y'all about how the Lord appeared to me and said, only now would you begin to know me. And you know, the Lord says a statement to you like that. And, and you go into uh, assumption and presumption. Well, I'm assuming this is what he means. And, and I don't know he meant this, you know, because he knew something that I didn't know. So I'm encouraging you. We're probably going to be on this at least to the end of the year uh, before we start something at the beginning of the year that's going to be very powerful. Because let me tell you something. The love of God is the most important thing in the Bible. The Bible says it's the greatest commandment. It says everything in the Bible, Old Testament and New, and what the prophet said, all hinge on one law that has a dual meaning. It says, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's four separate things. And then it says, also, you must love your neighbor 
as you love yourself. And all of us wanted to be treated wonderful, okay? So God has the ability to do that because we are his children. We have the ability to do that. And, and, and now you understand what the Bible says, to seek heavenly things. Because it's only as you seek heavenly things. You can't seek heavenly things if you're not spending time doing this at home. This right here is wonderful, but you got to learn how to do this at home. You got to be on your face at home. You got to be on your knees at home. You got to turn that television off and act like you're the only Christian in the planet and God is holding you responsible for tapping into heaven and telling everybody in the planet that's how you're supposed to see God. That ain't for preachers. Preachers are supposed to teach people how to do it. It's for everybody. Because I'm telling y'all, there's one other thing that rules heaven, period, is love. The Bible didn't say God extends love. It didn't say that he practices love. It says that he is. That's what he is. And so because that's what he is, when you get to heaven, you will find that everything loves you. The air, the grass, the flowers, the animals, everything loves you. The lightning, the rain, the snow. And the people that have been caught up there said that. They said that is the most unreal feeling is to walk in love. You're walking in it. We think about walking in love because somebody bops me upside the head so I don't bop them back. That's walking in love. No, it, walking in love really means to walk as though you and God are one in the earth. You can't do anything except for what God would do. That's what it means to walk in love. And when you're in heaven, you're fully in that. People who have been caught out to hell said even that air or the, the darkness down there has a nature. It hates In hell, everything hates you. And in heaven, everything loves you. And God is asking you while you're on planet Earth to tap into that love so that you can become like him in the Earth. And to the degree that you become like him in the Earth, you will then be rewarded forever. And that's the biggest challenge in the world. And you can't do it unless you tap into heavenly things. Seek first the kingdom of God. Spend time in the Word. That's always, not the I've, I've always told people, you'll never have a problem learning how to live right. That's not the issue. Your biggest challenge will be being consistent in worship, prayer, and meditation of the word. Because that's what produces the God status. And so since that makes you like God, then the enemy will try to create scenarios. And yes, he will create them. Because Paul said that the enemy created so many scenarios, he couldn't simply walk out of a city. Paul wrote a letter. He said, man, I was trying to get to y'all. I was trying to walk out of this city. He said, but Satan hindered me. How did he send, hinder him? Putting up a blockade? No, he created a scenario by which Paul said, man, I can't leave because I got to deal with this issue. And when it was done, he got ready to leave and Satan created another issue. So he said, man, I can't leave. So you got to be careful about issues that are in your life, folk. Sometimes, my wife will tell you, I'll shut down everything, let the whole house burn down to the ground because I got to go pray. I got to see the Lord because the enemy will keep creating scenarios to keep you out of the word of God, which is the love of God on paper. Crefo Allah said the enemy was after him so hard, he said he had to read the Bible standing on the edge of the bathtub because that spirit of slumber would hit him. He couldn't stay awake hardly standing up. And to the degree that you get close, to the degree the darkness will come after you because the last thing they need is another Jesus on the planet. Okay? So, thank you, Jesus. So that whole seven years, you know, has been uh, to create living dead men. You know, the Bible says be a living sacrifice. Sacrifice, we killed them in the Old Testament, make it pleasing to the Lord. The Lord said, I need you to die, but keep on living at the same time. In other words, let everything in you that's not like me be killed. Let it be destroyed. Let it be annihilated. Let it die. 
and to the degree that you are dead will be the degree that Jesus will live in you and you'll be able to draw all men unto Christ. Thank you, O Lord God. So, I've said enough. Don't you agree? That was a wonderful service, though. Amen. Let me say this. It's so important, you all, particularly with where we're going. The Lord has made it clear to me. Coming to church is not about coming to church. Coming to church, at this church, will be about learning for your eternity. That is something that is destroying my wife and I, is the revelation the Lord has given us about eternity. I was sharing with Albert in the back about how if you're, if you're in high school, and, and you know, in high school, they're preparing you for college, and how, you know, if you can, if a student finds out, you know, man, you know your college is paid for if you carry yourself in high school, that'll make a college, uh, high school student change their ways. Why? They change now based on the future. Well, that's why you're supposed to study heavenly things. It's a very, very disservice that we have done to the sons and daughters of God is that because of where we're going to spend eternity, when you find out what it's like, it gives you a different perspective here. When you find out what it's like, it'll give you the ability to suffer here. When you find out what it's like, it'll give you ability to wait and the sacrifice and to come out of your depression when you find out what it's like. So our responsibility and my calling, everybody seems like true pastors or apostles have some special message. I had no idea seven years ago it was gonna be this, is to prepare the people like the Holy Spirit told me, I called you to prepare people for heaven, not for church, okay? And so, uh, so this, you know, keep praying because Lisa, you know, Prophetess Lisa, the Lord gave her a vision about our next church location on this side for Riverdale. And what you saw, she said that, uh, she said the, she said the altar was packed like sardines and the people were all prostrate. She said it was so thick at the altar, you couldn't even squeeze your toe in the midst of the people. They were piled on top of each other. It's a price that you have to pay to make heaven reveal itself, folks. It's a price that you have to pay. Jesus died. When Jesus walked the earth, they couldn't do nothing with him. That man made heaven manifest. Then his disciples made heaven manifest. Okay? And right now the church is, by and large, way gone from that. Right now we're excited about buildings and stages and lights and, and conferences. And our special singer and our favorite preacher. Nothing wrong with that. But a lot of that is the icing on the cake. Okay? How about you know? I want the baddest building on the planet. Give me time. Saw something yesterday I was watching with my kids. I said, y'all see that stage that lights up? You can do all that stuff? They was like, yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. Oh, I'm going to do a rock and roll show the devil has never seen. God just doesn't care about that. I do. And God does not have a problem with the stuff that you want to do that's cool. As long as you're doing the stuff that's meat. Y'all got me? He has no problem with you having cake as long as you're doing the vegetables. Okay, so. You good? All right. Well, I'm going to end it there. And so y'all, I'll let them play for a couple of minutes. And I don't know. I'm going to just end the service. This is going to have to be prepared as me not knowing what to do. So let's lift our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, O Lord God, for everything that we have experienced. You have renewed our hearts and our spirits. Help us to draw closer to you in these last days. We thank you, O Lord God, for preparing our hearts for the beginning of the year, for the greatest launch that we have ever seen. We thank you for the multitudes. Thank you, O Lord God, for all of the creativity and all of the wisdom and all of the instructions you have given us behind the scene this year to prepare for a great move of God to lead people into your presence and not into religion to draw people to Christ and not draw people to us to lead people into the light and not oh father God into condemnation and bondage for whom the son sets free is free indeed we 
thank you, O Lord, that our testimony will be like the children of Zion, that when the Lord turned their captivity, they were like those that dreamed. Thank you, Jesus. That we will be like those that dreamed. Thank you, O Lord God. No one will question us any longer about where our God is. Thank you, O Lord God, that you have chosen us to reverse the curse. You have chosen us, O Lord God, to manifest heaven. You have chosen us. Thank you, O Lord God, for choosing us and giving us a chance. We ask, Holy Ghost, that you would help us maximize the chance that we have been given so that our reward will not be given to another. Because if we do right by this, we will know, be known for eternity for this. So we thank you, O Lord God, creating us clean hearts. May the grace of God be with us. Protect us, O Lord God, from all evil. No weapon that is formed against us will prosper. Thank you for those who have given already and those who will give on today. Keep us in perfect peace until we come together again. Thank you, O Lord God, for this. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All in agreement with that said. Amen. Give somebody a hug. Tell them you love them.
Thank you.